0: Hey, I'm Pastor Robert. thank you for joining us for Christmas Eve service. I'm going to start off with this idea that we know that Jesus was probably not born on December 25th. I know that's like a big thing that a lot of people hold against Christians. Hey, you know, but that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about December 25th. And There's a lot of speculation about why do we celebrate Christmas on the 25th? And the most common objection is that you know, like Christians, they they took and they stole this pagan holiday and they used it for themselves and they like kind of co-opted it and whatever. And I mean, and there are things that like that did happen for that. There's a number of traditions about December, about Christmas and the way we celebrate it that did come from pagan holidays. You know, the Christmas tree is probably the most famous one of those. But December 25th. Most scholars reject that was somehow co-opted from a pagan idea. And there's good reason that most scholars have rejected this idea. And I want to tell you why. Why do we celebrate Christmas on December 25th? All right, give me one second. Why do we celebrate Christmas on this day? All right. So I have to take you back to the year 200 the year 200, that's the earliest date of December 25th. Let's think about the church. What was the church like in the year 200? They were a small but growing sect of countercultural, faithful believers. They were regularly rejected and killed by the leaders of Rome. Marcus Aurelius had been out of power. He was an emperor. He wrote, a, most famously, he wrote his meditations, right, uh, he, he was an emperor. He's been out of power about 20 years or so. He thought that the Christian outsiders were a threat to the Roman religion, namely emperor worship. He wanted people to worship him. Um, and he thought that Christians like worshiping God and Jesus took away from Roman, Roman religion, Roman philosophy, and Roman way of life. And so he orchestrated this systematic persecution of the Christians. And that continued on. I mean, that had been the way it had been almost since the very beginning, with very few years of like peaceful, uh, free worship for the Christians. And so we can understand that the Christians, they were greatly concerned with distancing themselves from larger public pagan religious observances. And this continued on for another hundred years until Emperor Diocletian died in about the year 312. And that's when Constantine came into power. And so, Through the years, from 200 to 300, there are no Greek writers who claim that the Christians stole their holiday. From the year 300 to 1200, there there isn't anybody who's claiming this. The claim isn't made that Christians stole the 25th as a holiday until the 12th century, when the Syrian Bible commentator said that it was moved from January 6th to December 25th to take the same date as the pagan holiday Sol Invictus. That's the 12th century. We're going to talk about why he thought that in a moment. But let's go back to the year 200. How did they get the date December 25th if it didn't come from a pagan holiday? Well, Tertullian of Carthage, he said that Jesus was crucified on the 14th day of the Hebrew month Nisan. That would be the equivalent to his like March 25th or our March 25th. And from there, what he did is he added nine months to that and he came to the date December 25th. Why did he add 9 months? Well, the idea at the time is that Jesus was conceived on the same day that he was executed on the cross just, you know, many years later. And so like they tied this idea that Jesus came from heaven to be to be conceived as a man on the same day that he was later executed on the cross. Now, at the same time that Tertullian's doing this, In the East, there's a group of people using that same logic, working back from the 14th day of their spring month. You know, Tertullian comes to the 14th day of the Hebrew month, Nisan. They don't use the Hebrew calendar. They work from the 14th day of their Greek calendar in the spring month. And so they calculated the day April 6th, just a couple of weeks after Tertullian's date. They added nine months to that, and they came to... January 6th, and so you, if you open your phones, you, you'll see that, and you open, go to your calendar, scroll over there, you'll notice January 6th has a little holiday on it called Epiphany. The Orthodox Church still celebrates Jesus' birth on January 6th for this reason. So we get these dates December 25th through some math done on a calendar, but that still leaves us like, what does that mean? What does that mean for us today? If it's not stolen from somewhere, why Why December 25th? Let's think about this. I want to read to you something a little bit long, but it's Luke. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 20. So if you'll turn with me there. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been known to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. So what does that mean for us today? What does it mean that shepherds came to see a baby in a manger? What does it mean that we celebrate this day in December? Here's a quote from G.K. Chesterton. He says, Anyone thinking of the Holy Child as born in December would mean by it exactly what we mean by it that Christ is not the summer sun of the prosperous, but a winter fire for the unfortunate. Not a summer sun for the prosperous, but a winter fire for the unfortunate. Who are the shepherds? Who are these shepherds? Aristotle wrote that among men, the laziest are shepherds. They lead an idle life and they get their sustenance without trouble from tame animals. Their flocks wandering from place to place in search of pasture. They're compelled to follow them, cultivating a sort of living farm. Aristotle didn't think highly of shepherds, nor did most of society. These were not highly esteemed people. They were looked down upon because their job was dirty and it required them to sleep out in the fields. See, they were exploited The economy depended upon the sheep for wool, hide, and food. Yet if a sheep was lost, the shepherd was responsible for paying for it out of their wages, and so they slept with the sheep during rainstorms, protecting them from carnivorous animals, and it is to these shepherds, tending their sheep, that Jesus is revealed as the Messiah, the Lord. The good news, a great joy for all the people, has been first of all given to the lowly shepherds living in the fields. He could have revealed himself through the angels to kings and great scholars, men of wealth and great reputation. Instead, to those watching over the flocks, not the flock owners, he has made himself known first. As Chesterton says, he is not the summer sun for the prosperous, but the winter fire for the unfortunate. The first people to worship Jesus is these shepherds who follow the call to leave their sheep and their livelihoods to come and see this baby. God could have called anybody out there, yet he calls these unnamed shepherds to come into the city that despise them to see the only hope that city has. I think the fact that these shepherds are unnamed speaks to us today. These unnamed faces. Perhaps you feel like you have an unnamed face. You're not the owner of the flock, but are responsible for their welfare. Perhaps you are the exploited worker being taken advantage of by a boss who spends too much time in the summer sun while you sleep in the fields. Perhaps today you can relate to the shepherds who are barely holding on through the night. Perhaps you crave the summer sun, but you need that winter fire to get through today. Maybe this is why we celebrate Christmas at the darkest, coldest time of the year. Ephraim the Syrian, who lived from about 306 to 373, he says, In December, when the nights are long, rose unto us the day of whom there is no bound. In winter... When all the world is gloomy, the fair one came forth, who cheered all in the world. In winter, that makes the earth barren. Virginity learned to bring forth. For us today, we can celebrate the birth of Jesus in the harsher winter, in the bitter cold, because he came to bring the darkness. He came in the darkness to bring the winter fire. Lord, would this, what we bring to you today, would it bring an ember of your fire to your cold world? Would our celebration of Christmas be to you a bit of warmth in a world that so desperately needs it? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that in our times of deepest and darkest need, when We may be overlooked and feel as though we are passed by. We know that you see us, that there is a place beside you, a place to rest, beside a warm fire. Would you make that known to us today? Make that real. We ask this in your name, Lord. Amen. Thank you.